Welcome to Quantum Kingdom Life. I'm David. This is my lovely wife, Joanna. There's the fingers waving. Hey, she's dancing. So if you're on audio, you have no idea what that is. Please feel free to go to virtualchurchmedia.com or our YouTube channel and you'll see the fingers waving. But uh, tonight we're going to talk about a subject that I think is going to really be helpful. God wants to rewrite your timeline. God wants to rewrite your timeline. What if you could go back in time and do things differently? Would you be willing or excited about doing that? I know I certainly would. There's a few things that I would like rewritten. Well, the good news is this. With God, all things are possible. And God wants to rewrite your history, rewrite your timeline. And when he does that, the mistakes that you made will be supernaturally washed and cleansed by the blood of the Lamb and the negative effects in the present disappear, not just it rewritten. And it's an amazing thing what God does. We're going to look at some scriptures tonight and we're going to see four examples. We're going to see four examples. One example is going to be uh, Rahab the prostitute. Another example is going to be David who committed adultery. Uh, another example is going to be uh, Gideon, who was fearful. And the final example is one of my favorites. It's Peter, who denied Christ three times. Yet he's preaching the gospel on the day of Pentecost. He's the one that God chose. So it doesn't matter what you've done in your past. God wants to rewrite it as if it never happened. So let's go ahead and begin. The first scripture I just want to share with you is, as far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our transgressions from us. As far as the east is from the west, so far has God removed our transgressions from us. That's Psalms 103.12. Psalms 103.12, New King James Version. So God wants to rewrite your history. He wants to cause your past transgressions or mistakes that you may have made. He wants to put them in a sea of forgetfulness. And he wants to put up a sign that says no fishing. Isn't that exciting? That he'll take your sin and my sin. And when we repent, we turn from that and we turn to him. He simply washes it away. The Bible says, if we walk in the light, 1 John 1, 5, as he is in the light, the blood of his son cleanses us from all sin. If we confess our faults one to another and pray for one another, we will be healed. Now, here's what's interesting. The Blood of the Lamb works in the light. doesn't work in the dark. What, what do you mean, David? Well, I'm glad you asked for clarification because I want to share it with you. If we walk in the light, in truth, Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's also the light of the world. And if we walk in the light, we walk in truth. We walk in righteousness. We walk in right standing with him and that's where the blood of his son 
cleanses us from all sin and rewrites our timeline. You know, you can't go and do crazy stuff all week long and sow wild oats, then show up on church on Sunday morning and pray for crop failure. You know, whether it's regardless of what kind of seed you sow, it's going to come up. However, what you can do on a Sunday morning is you can repent and not go out and sow those wild oats the next week. And that is how your timeline and your history is rewritten with God. Let's get into it. King David's new story. King David, he made a pretty big mistake. He committed adultery with Bathsheba. David covered it up and then conspired to have Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, killed in battle. David shed innocent blood. David took an unauthorized census that caused a plague to come upon Israel that cost 70,000 Israelites under his authority or under his kingship to lose their lives. David was a colossal mess-up according to the world standards. Could you imagine a, ma a major news agency or all the news agencies simultaneously reporting, David the adulterer, King David, the prophet, but now he's an adulterer. David, the murderer, who conspired to have her husband killed when she got pregnant with his child. He also tried to get Uriah to go sleep with Bathsheba and tried to get him drunk so that the child would live, but David would secretly be able to raise that child as his own, and Uriah would think it was his. I mean, this is manipulation at some of the highest degrees. David shed innocent blood. He took an unauthorized census that caused a plague to come upon all Israel. It cost 70,000 to die. Is David qualified for kingship or is he disqualified? Well, according to the world standards, he should be disqualified. But when God anoints you and he appoints you, he's able to keep you and work through your stuff and then rewrite your history. I want you to see what David said in Psalms 51 verses 1 through 5. By the way, this is not a license to sin message. This is a call to come to the Lord and bring it into the light where we confess our faults one to another. We present it to him. It comes into the light and then the blood of his son cleanses us from all sin. And that sin disappears as if it never, never was. Even though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow by the forgiveness, the grace, the mercy of the Lord. And he rewrites your history. Listen to this. David said in Psalm 51, 1 through 5, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion. Blot out my transgressions. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, and my sin is always before me against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me, or shapen in iniquity. So David, in vertical relationship, isn't dealing with the sins that he committed across the horizontal plane with mankind. He says it's against you. First, we have to get our vertical relationship right with God. Then God will work things out in the natural and the horizontal. So you got the vertical between you and God, the horizontal between you and mankind in relationships. And there's the cross of reconciliation. So here's what's interesting. 
in Acts chapter 13, verse 22, you tell me whether or not God rewrote David's history, if he rewrote David's timeline. Acts 13, 22, after removing King Saul, God made David their king. God testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. He will do everything I want him to do. David is a man after God's heart in the New Testament, Acts 13, 22. But was David previously an adulterer? Did he conspire to have her husband Uriah killed? Did David shed innocent blood? Did David take an unauthorized census that caused a plague to come upon Israel where he trusted in man or his ability or his armies and the amount of men he had instead of God who's able to save whether by many or by few? <coughs> or is he a man after God's own heart? Well, guess what? Before he repented, those were all the things that he was. When he repented, God rewrote his history. And the New Testament says he was a God, a man after God's own heart. Second example, Rahab the prostitute. Rahab owned and operated a house of prostitution. See Joshua chapters 21 through 24. Chapter 21, 22, 23, and 24. She's got four chapters in the scriptures. That's a pretty good uh, legacy right there. And the great part about it is Rahab the prostitute when the Israelites came and they spied out the land, they came into her house and she recognized that it was game changing. And so she hid the Israelites, the spies. And when they came, the authorities came, she lied and said they weren't there. And they said, put a scarlet thread, see the blood, the repentance, put a red rope outside your window and when we come to destroy this city and kill all of its inhabitants we're going to let you live and everybody in your house you must stay in the house to be saved are you in the house tonight are you in the house today as you're listening are you in the house of god i'm not talking about a physical building or a church but are you part of the household of faith if not god is calling you to repent to turn from and turn to him that he might rewrite your history and give you a brand new future. And right in the middle of this teaching, I just want to give you an opportunity to accept Jesus and for him to rewrite your history, regardless of what you've done. Though your sins be as red as scarlet, they shall become white as snow. The blood transforms and cleanses you from all unrighteousness as you bring it into the light. His son's shed blood cleanses you from all sin. So I just invite you if you've never done this or you want to recommit, please feel free to do so. Jesus died on the cross for you and me. He was hung up for your hang-ups and mine. Yeah, I said it. He was hung up for your hang-ups and mine. Doesn't matter what you've done, what your issue is. He was hung up for your hang-ups. And he wants to set you free from your hang-ups, the things that have been besetting sins. So just say these words. Jesus, I've sinned. I've turned the Word of God backwards in my life at times. And right now, I turn from my old ways. I turn to you. And I believe you died on the cross, were buried in 
the grave and you rose from the dead. And I accept you as my personal Lord and Savior. I ask you to rewrite my history like you did for King David. Like we're about to find out that you did for Rahab the prostitute. If you can save David, an adulterer, a murderer, a conspirator, and one who disobeyed you and turn him into the man of God that the scriptures say that he was, I thank you that you're no respecter of persons. So I receive you to do this for me right now. Baptize me with the Holy Spirit and with fire right now. And with fire. Just say it. Baptize me with the Holy Spirit and fire. You'll feel the fire of God come upon you and burn things out. Feel like the Lord is just causing the heat of his presence to burn some things out of you right now. I see lungs being healed right now. I see things being healed in the brain activity where there's been a loss of memory and brain fog. Even dementia is being purged. I speak for the digestive tract to be cleansed. I speak for brand new armor to come upon you right now, the belt of truth. I thank you, Lord, for removing the scales from the eyes and the realm of the spirit that your servant, your sons and daughters might see clearly the path set before them. They might walk circumspectly, walk in integrity, walk upright before you without any more guilt, shame, or condemnation. We declare freedom and the blood of the Lamb to cleanse from all sin, all iniquity, all transgression. We declare divine reset. Divine reset right now and a rewriting of their history. Do you know he's translated you out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light? Do you know you've been catapulted from one kingdom to another because of his love? And you get a new DNA. You become a new species of being. That's the beauty about the born again experience. It's not your ability. It's your availability and his power to come in and to transform you with the DNA upgrade. It's like getting a new software system, a new hardware system a new firmware system. And he's made all this possible by the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. How wonderful to know that you're accepted in him and by him and you're adopted into the family of God by the blood of the Lamb. Oh, that's good. So good. Let's continue on. I've been redeemed, I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, by the blood of the Lamb. I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, filled with the Holy Ghost I am. All my sins are washed away, I've been redeemed. Rahab the prostitute. She owned and operated a brothel, a house of prostitution. She lied to the authorities. Wow, I don't want to teach this as a doctrine, but she lied to the authorities and God blessed her. But it was to preserve life. 
Rahab repented and then risked her life to save the lives of the Israelite spies in Joshua chapter 2, verses 8 through 21. You know, I might be wrong about my previous uh, quotation. It might be Joshua chapter 2, verses 1 through 24. So that's the case. Uh, strike that and rewrite it. So God rewrote Rahab's history by faith in Hebrews 11, verse 31. By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, she was not killed with those who were disobedient. Hebrews eleven thirty one, Jesus was born. Are you ready for this? <clears throat> Jesus was born through Rahab's righteous bloodline, Matthew 1, verse 5. Rahab the prostitute was changed and her history was rewritten. She was no longer a prostitute. She was no longer a madam over prostitutes, bringing women into what's referred to in, in legal terms as white slavery or prostitution or pimping or human trafficking. God rewrote her history. Gideon. Gideon was hiding in fear from the Philistines. He was visited by an angel while threshing wheat in a wine press, Judges 6, 11 through 14. And God rewrote fearful Gideon's history. Gideon became known as God's mighty deliverer of Israel under, after multiple acts of obedience during various life-threatening tests of faith. As far <coughs> as far as the east is from the west, so God has removed our transgressions from us. Psalms 103.12 our keynote verse doesn't matter what you've done he turns around and rewrites your history the minute that you repent and bring your sin into the light he cleanses it and you're good to go and your history is rewritten you return to the penthouse <coughs> our final example peter the disciple peter walked on water and sank matthew 14 28 through 31 Peter tried to correct Jesus, the Son of God, and told him, Jesus, this won't happen to you. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan, Matthew 16, 23. Peter cut off the high priest's servants here in John 18, 10. Peter denied Christ three times and cursed like a sailor in front of a young girl, Luke 22, 59 through 62. Would he have been qualified for the ministry after four years of seminary school? And then got his MDiv, Master's in Divinity, went on to get his PhD. And then he did those things. The answer is no. But when he repented, Peter, do you love me? You know that I love you. Feed my lambs. Peter, do you love me? Lord, you know that I love you. Feed my lambs. Peter, do you agapeo me? Do you love me? The highest type of love. Lord, you know that I love you. Go feed my sheep. God restored him. As he denied him three times, Jesus restored him three times. The good news is this. God chose Peter, a man of faith, to preach the, to the Jews on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Full of the Holy Spirit, Peter's message resulted in 3,000 people giving their lives to Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, in Acts chapter 3, the power of God continues to come 
silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee. He reached down and grabbed the man by the hand, and immediately strength came unto his ankle bones. Acts chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. And the man got up and began to walk and leap and praise God. Because of this miracle, what happened? People believed and were saved. And God rewrote their history through a man who was a mess up, a colossal up and down person, almost bipolar. I'm not saying he was, but it looks like he was almost bipolar. We'd have him on medication probably today by the world standards. But God just gave him a dose of the Holy Ghost and gave him a can of Holy Ghost act right. And the next thing you know, his extreme DNA is releasing the extreme miracles of God. The next thing you know, Peter's shadow is healing the sick in Acts chapter 5. But wait a second. How could God use Peter? How could God use Peter on the day of Pentecost? Because God rewrote his history through repentance and the blood of his son and put it in the sea of forgetfulness and put up that sign that says, no fishing. If there's no fishing and the enemy tries to bring something back to you that you've repented of, it's a violation. And if you go back into the sea of forgetfulness where your sins have been cast into and you start to drag them up, God won't remember them because he remembers your sins no more. A friend of mine, he had repented of some things and he hadn't forgiven himself. And I think this is a message for some who are listening tonight. He hadn't forgiven himself. So he was walking one day and he was just, and he was an on fire man of God. But he was walking and he said, God, you know, because of what I'd done, he was in prison at the time and he'd become an evangelist. He was on fire for God. But he couldn't forgive himself for certain things that he'd done. And he asked God, he said, God, I just, you know, I just can't seem to get over this one thing that I did. And he told God what it was. And God said, well, which one are you talking about? What, what are you talking about? And he told him, he says, I don't know what you're talking about. He says, what do you mean you don't know what I'm talking about? He says, you said you'll never leave me or forsake me. And he said to him, God said to him, James, is this something that you repented of and asked me to forgive you for? He said, well, yeah, I've, I've, I've repented of it several times. He said, James, I forgave you the first time. He said, if you repented and turned from it to me and my son blood cleansed you from sin, I have no record of it. So I don't know what you're talking about. Wow. The sea of forgetfulness. God doesn't even go into the sea of forgetfulness. It would be competing with the all-cleansing shed blood of his son to eradicate and rewrite history as if it never was. Isn't that beautiful? God did it for Gideon, who was fearful, and he became courageous. God did it for Rahab, a prostitute, and a madam over prostitutes in sex trafficking and she was forgiven and the Messiah Jesus came through her bloodline that had been cleansed by the righteousness of God he did it for Peter who was a colossal mess up and up and down and if he did it for Gideon 
Rahab, Peter, and King David. And he calls David a man after his own heart. And P and Gideon a mighty man of valor. And Rahab, a righteous woman by faith. How much more will he do for you when you simply ask him to forgive you and to rewrite your history as if it never was? You know, I used to steal jet airplanes for the Colombian cartel and get paid in suitcases full of cocaine and cash. I did a lot of bad things. I was arrested that one day in 1989 on that bright 9.05 a.m. morning on the tarmac in Boca Raton, Florida. And Uzis or guns were screwed into my ears and put up to my head. The 9mm 45s, they were all over the place. And I ended up in a cell in Leavenworth Penitentiary. But you know, when people meet me, they never know when they meet me. And it's just difficult for them to believe that I was ever that person. And honestly, it's hard for me to believe that I was ever even that person in that world or in that lifestyle of drug trafficking, jet thieving, you know, all that crazy stuff, or that I'd done 20 years in federal prison because I don't look like I've ever done a day because God rewrote my history and he changed me in a prison cell when I called out and he forgave me. There were still consequences. I still had to ride some things out as God developed character in me. I didn't get a microwave miracle. I was in the crock pot as God got the flavor of his word in me. And then he brought me out in response to my mother's prayers. First, he brought me to salvation in response to my mother's prayers. And God used the long arm of the law to apprehend me and give me a 20-year time out. But my mother continued to pray for me as God developed the character in me. And now I don't even look like I've done a day in prison, let alone 20 years. God wants to rewrite your history and develop character in you. Are you ready? Let's pray. Here's the key. The key is simply this. The prayer for God to rewrite your history is threefold. One, repent, turn from sin, turn to him, return to the penthouse, the highest place with him. Number two, accept the forgiveness. Don't be like James who repents and didn't believe he was forgiven. For years, he did not believe he was forgiven, even though he preached forgiveness to others. Have you preached forgiveness to others yet not believed that God forgave you? Or have you been forgiven by God and not released forgiveness to others? Wow, that coin has two sides, doesn't it? There's a song that says, To me, from me, so my heart will know. To me, from me, let forgiveness flow. So we have to forgive others and then God forgives us. In fact, Mark eleven twenty two through 26, it's interesting. It says, if we say into this mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and do not doubt in our heart, but believe the things which we say shall come to pass. It will be done for our father, which is in heaven. And when we stand praying, forgive that our heavenly father might also forgive us our trespasses. But if we do not forgive, neither will our heavenly father Forgive us our sins. Do you want mountain-moving faith? Stand in faith, forgiven before God. And forgive 
yourself because God doesn't remember it anymore when you truly repent it. Just say, Lord, I forgive myself. I thank you for forgiving me. And today, I accept this forgiveness and I see it going into the sea of forgetfulness and disappearing. And I thank you for the sign anytime I try to go find it or the enemy tries to bring it back and the sign says no fishing. Instead, I'm going to go be a fisher of men and share your forgiveness with others. So number one, repent. Number two, accept that forgiveness and forgive others. And number three, walk out your new story as if you had never lived that lifestyle before. When I got out of prison, somebody called me and they called me and they were kind of hemming around in the phone as if they wanted me back in that drug trafficking business. And when I finally realized what they were talking about, because it was so foreign to me that I would never do that again, I said, well, obviously you must be joking because I would never do that again, number one. Number two, if you ever call me back again, even joking, I will three-way the authorities and introduce you to them for you to try to get them involved or to sell them something. No, no, I was, I was just kidding. See, you have to shut the door. Shut the door, kick out the devil. That's how you got to do it. You have to draw that hard line in the sand when you walk out your history because the enemy sometimes tries to pull you back into Egypt. But today, God has set you free and it's time to walk out your new history because he's rewritten it by the hand of heaven and he remembers your sins and transgressions and iniquities no more. God has rewritten your history. Go share God's love with others and he'll rewrite theirs too. You won't be in the sea of forgetfulness fishing around. You'll be out in the world with the love of God as a fisher of men, hooking men with the love of God that their histories might be rewritten too. I'm David Herobedian and this is my lovely wife, Joanna. We are the Herobedians, virtualchurchmedia.com. You can also check out our new platform, Virtual Church Institute, and we're getting ready to start a television broadcast. It'll be weekly. It'll be called Quantum Christianity with David and Joanna, and we look forward to sharing the power and the authority and the miracle-working Jesus, releasing the knowledge of the glory of God that you might access all of God into your life that it might be done in earth as it is in heaven. If you've never shared or sewn into our ministry, we invite you to do so and you'll help us with infrastructure as we build out platforms to get the gospel out across the world. We love you and the Lord and we'll see you again next time. God bless you. God bless you.